those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, tire you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. Welcome, everybody. This is Room Tone, the radio show. We talk movies because we love it. Here we are on 101.9 FM CITR Radio, based in UBC, Vancouver. Today, we are joined. Woo! Incredible combination. I'm so happy to introduce these two uh, great fellas. And uh, everybody, raise your hands. We have today Ali Kaladine and Arman Kazemi. How are you guys doing? Yo, yo. What's up? Hey, it's great to be here. All right, all right, guys. Welcome in. Welcome here to Room Tone Radio Show. This is the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. And I want to ask you guys, who are you? Uh, <clears throat> my name is Armin Kazemi. I'm a local writer, uh, journalist, documentarist, and uh, filmmaker as of recently. Right on. <laughs> Great. And I'm Ali Kaladine, founder of the Victoria Short Film Festival, which is coming up soon, and, and also a local filmmaker, writer, and just enthusiast of the beautiful arts that are sprouting here in Vancouver, BC. Right on. Sounds great. Lots of saturation up in there. And let's get right into it. Uh, you know, let's get let's get right to the juice. You know, people want the juice. Let's give them the juice. Let's get right to the juice. And let me ask you about the Victoria Short Film Festival. How did that idea come to mind? What is the process of it? At what stage uh, of it are we right now? Yeah, absolutely. So we are hosting the Victoria Short Film Festival. Uh, the deadline for submissions is actually coming up in two days. And it's been an incredibly exciting process to see a huge diversity of, of short films that are coming in. But what really spreaded the idea is that as a filmmaker myself, I've really been captivated by this idea of short film as a medium. And understanding how we can use this medium to support emerging filmmakers, to support diverse filmmakers, but also to really push the bounds of experimental film because short film is a really interesting format and uh, it's been exciting to see the festival come together and see really beautiful entries coming in. We're going to explore the concept and the format of short films, uh, but first I want to hear from Arman actually. Well, how do you feel about short films and uh, what is your role in the community? Um, <clears throat> well, I come from a background of, in journalism, so I've done a lot of uh, short documentary filmmaking. That's The format has been more newsy. Um, so I recently came off of a project uh, that is a short film about the Vancouver biking community that is is much uh, a big departure from some of the work that I've done before. So I've actually thought uh, deliberately about the short film format rather than the news format. And it, it took me in some interesting directions in terms of how to structure a story, develop character and narrative, and also bring into the visual aspect of it as well that isn't so... Um, emphasized when you're just making a news piece. So mm-hmm. I've thought a lot about that. I feel you right there. So for the both of you, uh, I, I feel it's very interesting to go and explore how everything reconnects over here because, you know, uh, we have the Victoria Shore Film Festival. Uh, we have a journalist who's fading into documentary filmmaking. And I feel that there is a huge demand for short film content. And that's because it's more accessible, but it has also a creative, uh, a creative uh, reach out 
you know, mm-hmm. that beats any other medium out there when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, visual storytelling. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's a format that a lot of people respond to now, especially it's um, in, in ter- just surely the length of time that you have to sit down. You're, you're forced to think about um, flow and, and rhythm of, of the narrative in a much more deliberate way than in a, in a longer feature. Um, so I, I l- appreciate the concision and the the barriers that it it provides to the filmmaker in order to think creatively about how to tell a story when you don't have the arc of like a 90 minute Mm. uh, feature film to elaborate you have to be much more concise and much more in a way like uh, utilize the the tools of like poetry or or like the written form Mm -hmm. where you're sort of making a very deliberate choice in terms of visuals symbols to tell the larger story that you have and and theme is, is, is a much more pronounced aspect of it I feel. Thank you for saying that. Do you agree, Ali? I do, Armin. And I especially like your point around theme there. You know, I, I think that I would say very few people would say that short film is popular in the public eye right now. But I think what we do see is that short film is really starting to creep in without us noticing. We're seeing more and more music videos that are striking, emotional, and have aspects of storytelling in them. And we're seeing news outlets and uh you know, these short films that are educating us about what's happening that are taking on more creative elements and are taking on more documentary elements. Mm-hmm. And so, well, maybe short film is not as recognized as a medium that's popular. It is something that we're starting to see more and more of without necessarily knowing it. I think that's huge. Um, you mentioned uh, music videos because a lot of people wouldn't look at a music video and be like, hey, I'm watching a short film right now. But in fact, you are. If you, if you think about like This Is America, which was a recent huge hit, a lot of people were talking about the visuals and what was happening in the video and not necessarily the music. Uh, and uh, one artist that I really, really appreciate is Kendrick Lamar. And he does huge things with his music videos. And they're like these like ep- epics in, in five, six, seven minute form. And when you watch them, you don't feel like it's only been seven minutes. You feel like you've been taking on this journey. And the music is just an accompaniment to the visuals. From what you, and vice versa. Yeah, from what you guys are saying, it seems like short films and especially music videos are a distillation and they mm-hmm. sort of crystallize an idea a concept, an ensemble of values. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what short film can really can really reach mm-hmm. and can really deliver. And that's why I'm so excited about the, the Victoria Short Film Festival because I think that there is a need for something like this. Uh, right now in British Columbia, we need something that celebrates this, this, this content. We need that reach out. And I, I would love if you could talk a little bit more about the, the film festival and and what is the direction what is what is the philosophy behind it for sure so you know i think when you see short film segments in festivals and film festivals across the country there's often this pattern where people make a short film before they make a feature film and you get a lot of beautiful short films that way but i believe we're starting to see this challenge now of what can you do with short films that you can't do with features and i think the first place that that really sprouted and is really coming into its own is animation but what we're trying to do with the victoria short film festival is to say what else can you do with short film that is experimental and is unique and what i see is that with short film you can have a huge amount of focus on an idea on an atmosphere on a single character. You can focus on a moment, an event. You can focus on things that deserve to be held alone as their own idea, but couldn't hold someone's attention span for 90 minutes or or would become washed out in that context. And with this festival, we're looking to find filmmakers who are playing with these ideas and who are playing with subtlety and are playing with nuance and really create a community around that. 
um, it is the first year and it's been a huge process of reaching out across the country to filmmakers who are doing something a little differently, who are making poetry with their films. And what we're hoping to really do is, of course, showcase those artists' work and fuel the film community in Victoria, which is slowly growing, but as well as to really bring those filmmakers together um, in, into a community and into a community event. Mm-hmm. So creating the communities at the priority again, huh? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, every person who submits, and, and we have students submitting films, we have first-time filmmakers, and unfortunately, as with any festival, we're not going to be able to say yes to everyone. But every person who does submit a f- uh, to the film festival gets a ticket. Um, and so we're really hoping to see a lot of people come to learn about, about the medium. And it's hosted in an open space in Market Square. It'll be an outdoor festival. Um, and we're going to have an after party afterwards for filmmakers to get together and, and discuss these ideas and hash them out. I'm hoping that as the festival launches, we're going to see more people get involved with organizing it and, and see it grow as a movement and a community more than just one night. Of course. that's That, that sounds good. Do you have something to add uh, to that? Armin? No, I was just going to say I really appreciate that because it, um, it seems like a a community building initiative as much as featuring the artwork because in Vancouver there's we have a huge uh, filmmaking community and there tends to be a lot of competition um, and there's I think the community building aspect of it has been sort of lost along the way so I really appreciate the the idea that like we're, we're coming together and we're celebrating these films but not only that we're acknowledging that there are a lot of people who are contributing to the com- to the community and without necessarily having a locus around which to gather. And I think the Victoria Film Festival, one of the services that it's providing is not only a forum for a lot of these filmmakers, there's a lot of you know new filmmakers, there's a lot of more like sort of established filmmakers, but everyone's coming together and we're kind of celebrating the, the people and the art form and what we can contribute as a community rather than as individuals trying to vie for space in a very limited uh, forum. Hmm, thank you for saying that. Ah, that explains a lot about how you think as well, you know, the the, the way you laid out the sentence. It was very interesting. Yeah, okay. thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on. And I hope you... Yeah, and it's an interesting point as well. I mean, I need an opportunity to talk, to talk about how much I love Victoria, which I live half-time there and half-time here in Vancouver. And what I've seen in the arts community overall is that in Victoria, unlike in Vancouver, we're not squeezed for space all the time. Mm-hmm. We're not in this constant race to be seen but it's a place that a lot of people go to step back and find creative space um you know i I have so many collaborators and artistic friends who will come to victoria for a week and it inherently becomes like a residency especially for filmmakers to take that break from vancouver uh and get a little more engaged with the tempo of your thoughts and the tempo of life. Mm-hmm. Pacing is key. Uh, timing is everything. Timing sure. is everything. Especially when you have a very constricted format. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I want to ask you something a little bit more... Uh, Sting is something a little bit more practical when mm-hmm. it comes to short films. And this has got to do with the finances of it. And and uh, what's your mindset around that, around the concept of, do you expect to, for example, make money? How would you expect to make money from a short film? Is that the right type of format for that stuff? How do you guys feel about that realm of things in short films? I find uh, the status of short film in general has been derivative to uh, the feature format. So a lot of newer filmmakers, first-time filmmakers, they will make their short film not as an impetus in and of itself but in order to, to as a stepping stone to get to that feature you know and uh, that's why I'd, I find feature film has had especially recently has uh, had kind of a maligned status in the, the world of uh, cinematic art and um, I think one of the things that you know the Victoria Film Short Film Festival for example is trying to recuperate is that short film 
is its own art form, is its own format. It doesn't have to be uh, evaluated based on the standards of a feature film. Mm-hmm. Much like short stories um, aren't a novel. You can't, there, there's similitude, but there's not uh, equation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we forget that when film, cinema became an art form, the f- the they w- the first films were short films you know there were 10 5 10 minute static camera shots of like something and they they took the the concept of vaudeville and that kind of thing and and put it on a screen mm-hmm. so our first films were short films the the charlie chaplin's the trap which you you had a clip of a charlie chaplin film in the opening uh was at, at the racetracks and that was a nine minute short uh, of a guy just like stumbling onto the to the scene, mm-hmm. no one knew who he was. He he invented cinematic culture in that moment in this short film. Um, so I think we need to go back to the roots of cinema, and we'll find short film as as the key um, the keystone that created the the art of cinema. Mm-hmm. And that's so, that's what I think we're going back to here. So what you're saying is it goes back to shaping culture, shaping right. ideas. And and to to go back to your question about finances. Um, there so yeah so people make will make a short film in order to to court uh the the production companies to court investors um and we're doing a disservice i think to the format by sort of uh, you know to by prostituting our our short films <laughs> in the service of of uh, <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it how, how do you feel if i look at ali i can see ali like that's something to say no that's no it's great <laughs> i mean uh interesting metaphor but <laughs> At the same time, I mean, it leads to this bigger question, which is when did we get to a point that every film that we can see in theaters is a narrative? I mean, when did it get to this point from early cinema where now, I mean, I think the only large scale film I can think of off the top of my head that's popular that's a non-narrative is Tree of Life, mm-hmm. a film like this. And there is so much more you can do with cinema. You know, there is so much more that you can do than just telling a story in a linear way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. I mean, Armin, I actually think you do a really beautiful job of that in the documentary you've just made, which I had the the honor of watching this morning, as I know you just finished it. Mm. Um, But you capture an idea, you capture a community without saying A and then B and then C and then D, and here is a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm. Um, I mean, I approached that project. It's called Recycle, and it's about uh, the cycling community in Vancouver based around our community bikes. And I did approach that project initially as a reportage. You know, I wanted to get the story, get the elements, what's working together. But as I was making the story, especially post while I was editing it, all these different themes propped up. There was the theme of like transport. I, I had a lot of visuals just by happenstance of, of the Skytrain. And the Skytrain became this like uh, this element of the film that kind of brings out the, the, mo- the notion of um, dynamism, of, of mm. getting from one place to another, not just geographically or physically but uh, emotionally in the lives of people who are so basically our community bikes has this program called pedals for the people where they take um, donated bikes from the community they refurbish them and they give them back to people who have transportation issues Um, so these people are going through a trajectory in their lives not just physically but uh, by regaining a status in the community and regaining self-esteem and to be able to access sort of um, income opportunities that they don't necessarily have had before so Mm -hmm. the, the, the notion of Transport is a, is a f- foundation element in the film. How did you get into that, in that into that community? What pushed you to make that project happen? Um, so I was volunteering for the program actually, uh, Pedals for the People. So it, they take people f- uh, who are interested in learning bike mechanics, and the process of teaching them bike mechanics is a totally volunteer-driven course. Um, 
the bikes that they learn to build on are the bikes that are subsequently distributed to the community. Um, so I was a volunteer. I was interested in learning bike mechanics just so I could fix my own bike. Mm -hmm. um, in the process, I had a film. Uh, I had a friend who uh, suggested I, I submit to. Uh, this film festival in Mexico called Ecofilm hmm. and their theme this year just happened to be uh, sustainable transportation and I was like well, I don't know anything about sustainable transportation I, you know I'm interested in, <laughs> in biking and stuff but but it just clicked like one day I was just like I'm part of this community I have access to all these people all these narratives these like amazing characters um, like why it just like the idea just presented itself it I felt natural I, I didn't go looking for it it just popped into my lap it came to you so and that's the most beautiful thing about these types of projects and documentary filmmaking mm -hmm. that it, it there is a calling for it and sometimes you can be the only person to tell right. that story in that moment and in that way right answering and that call is important how about answering that call ali how do you feel about that that answering the call you know that's an interesting question i think i think ultimately we know as artists that people find their ideas in different places and sometimes when I ask the question of what can define me as an artist and where do I go and, and what can define those artists who I really respect it comes down to this very internalized process of finding concepts and, and filtering those concepts um, you know for me I often spend six or seven months wrestling with an idea and trying to find a way to portray it which is a really different process than than what Armin's working yeah. on. Um, and, and I think that ultimately trying to reconcile those things, trying to reconcile your own thought patterns when it comes to creativity is really important. I think that getting caught up in this idea that you should have la coup de foudre and be mm -hmm. struck by lightning with an idea, I, I think that's dangerous to filmmakers right. mm -hmm. because sometimes a concept needs to be bubbling for a long time before it becomes something really beautiful. Okay, this is an interesting, uh, this is an interesting uh, concept. Thank you for sharing that because uh, I know that many filmmakers, that they're me included, I live for that moment of, mm -hmm. of, 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 of light, you know. I need that moment to be able to feel for the story and that's something very interesting. It opened a new door for me, so thank you for sharing that and uh, Armand, you got something to say before um, we take the break? For me, for me, that like strike of lightning, it comes subsequent to the film filming process. Mm. Um, I, I get all the material that I can. I have a general n concept notion of what I want to do, but after I'm like looking through the footage, I, I have all I accumulate all the material. Then all of a sudden, I it, it opens up to me like th this is what the story is about. This is what the theme is about. Mm -hmm. And to me, it comes back to the idea of community. Uh, you have all these disparate people in your life and different uh, different groups of people who are doing different things and somehow they all coagulate they all congeal together and all of a sudden you have a story and that's what happened in my case so i wasn't after a story idea but the story idea presented itself just by sheer virtue of the fact of being part of all these all these different initiatives it's wonderful to experience the juxtaposition of the you know of the of the lighting you know mm -hmm. and uh, somehow i can resonate uh, with both of you even if i feel that in my case, there is, a, there, is a, there is an instinct, right? There is an instinct that leads you to a path and then you understand only when you look back, oh, this path is about this or that. And I think that there is a little bit of that everywhere, even in, in, in narrative filmmaking, you know, like fiction and, and any other type of content and art form. Because sometimes people believe that we are defined, you know, we define the art by what we are, 
but sometimes it's the opposite the art defines us and mm-hmm. that's uh, that's an interesting concept but we can explore that actually we'd love to take the break right now so that we can come woo nice and prepare right after Rock and roll. yeah uh, it's very interesting today's soundtrack actually comes from uh, you know I made a little research and uh, we have the Victoria Shore Film Festival coming up so thank you Ali for uh, uh, talking about that we're going to talk about that later too so I thought what was the first film festival that was ever you know was ever delivered it's actually in the Ve- the Venice Film Festival in 1932 so I said what's the soundtrack you know uh, the, in 27 the, the Venice Film Festival in 2017 and that's the shape of water so this is a uh, chica chica boom chick interesting name right there yeah by Carmen Miranda uh, the soundtrack of the shape of water enjoy everybody Brasileiro tica tica bum Com um pandeiro fazendo tica bum E para terminar um tica tica bum Vocês devem cantar o tica tica bum Tica tica bum, tica tica bum, tica tica bum Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the radio show we talk movies because we love it. And here we are with Ali Kaladine and Arma Kazemi and talking short films and uh, the platforms for short films, the, 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 the power of the short film in 2018. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you guys, where do you see short films going, especially when it comes to film festivals, to submitting to film festivals or when it comes to you, Ali, when receiving content and short films for the Victoria Short Film Festival? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like your question kind of has two parts there, which I appreciate. One is where our short film's going, and like we were able to touch on earlier today, I think we're going to start seeing the use of high-quality filmmaking in our day-to-day much more. And I think we're already starting to see that, which makes festivals like the Victoria Short Film Festival, which I'm the founder and curator of, incredibly interesting as a place to practice, connect, and really push artists in 
what they can create in the format of a film that's 20 minutes or, or shorter. You know, the, the process of curating a, a film festival is a challenging one because, you know, you we get a lot of submissions and you have to have so much respect for everything that comes in and there's such a diversity, especially when it's our first year. And so people don't have a benchmark of quite what we're looking for except what we can express verbally. Mm-hmm. And it, it is an interesting process of often watching every submission that comes in multiple times and finding its essence and finding its motivation and finding what it's doing. I know that some film festivals, it ends up as a bit of a competition of prestige. You know, it's it's getting those films that are going to be seen as the highest quality films of the year. For other film festivals, it's just a matter of being able to have enough content that is good. Um, for us, luckily enough, we have a little bit more clear of a direction with the film festival in that we're really trying to create a movement of experimental film. We're really trying to support emerging artists of, of diverse backgrounds. And we are trying to create the sense of community of people who are doing something different and new, creative and beautiful with the format of short film. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like <laughs> a great plan, right? Like a like a great dream, great mission. And uh, I'm I'm actually I feel very positive about this event. And I would love to take the audience a little bit into a sneak peek of how it is to create a festival like this. And you know, just to get an idea, even get into the numbers, how many films do you guys receive, and how many of those films can you actually screen? It would be interesting to look at that and and how you plan to actually how do you choose the movies? How hard is that process? Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't done it yet. We're still open for submissions for another couple of days, and then we've got a couple of weeks of, of choosing and curating. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky as well to be working with a team of great people. And actually, the f- film festival is run out of Gallery 49, which is an amazing uh, emerging artist's photography gallery right in downtown Victoria. And so working with those folks who have an incredible eye for visuals, for art, is very helpful when it comes to curating. I mean, the thing is, is we'll probably get 10 times more films than we can show. Mm -hmm. This year, the event is one night. It's outside, and so we can only screen after dark. Okay. Um, And so, realistically, we'll be selecting about three hours of films. Okay. And so far, we've received about 40 hours of films in, in the submissions. And so, yeah, it's, it's a tough process. I, I guess part of the mission is keeping the folks who submit great work, whose work doesn't fit around and keeping them engaged. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to tell a story with the micro stories, tell a micro a macro story with micro stories, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit what happens in uh, in journalism as well. Do you agree with that? Trying to create a flow, especially when someone is dedicated to a specific newspaper to a specific specific topic. I know, Arman, you have done some work uh, around the Olympics, if I'm not wrong, right? Right. Yeah, I, I did a um, reporting project at uh, during the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea behind that was to tell the story of the local communities and the impact of the Olympics through their eyes. Um, and when you mention, yeah, the journalistic imperative, um, you're trying to tell a factual story. You're trying to tell um, a day or a moment in the lives of these people who, you know, they, they live more than one day, but you're trying to encapsulate everything that they are in in the moment you know so this narrativistic um character driven aspect is alive in journalism even though you're trying to tell a factual quote-unquote objective story you have to introduce elements of the narrative because you naturally want to engage your audience mm-hmm. do you believe objectivity exists um 
you, you want to get into that? Yeah, let's get into that, man. Let's head uh, dive into that. Uh, no, I I don't know. Um by the sheer by the sheer fact of observation you're you're altering what you're observing i think and that's kind of a truism um but the true i think that the the true journalist or the true like artist is alive to that fact and they shape their practice around knowing that whatever they're doing they're naturally altering the space that they're trying to to reflect or to to represent um so as artists we have to sort of also be keen to um the lives that we're altering in the process of telling them mm-hmm. so yeah so objectivity doesn't exist but it's also a virtue not a not a d- detraction mm, oh it's a virtue okay interesting very interesting do you agree with that ali does objectivity exist i'm not going to comment on that yeah. please excuse <laughs> me idea. but i do love your point armen very much and it actually reminds me of a project of mine that we made last summer that you were a part of in which uh, unlike you we weren't filming reality it wasn't a documentary it was a experimental short that was non-narrative but creating an idea essentially the delight and demise of redundant risk um and and what we did is that we had everybody who participated in the film actually engage in the ideas that we were talking about um and so bringing people out to actual locations to climb the outsides of buildings and sit high up in window sills to play chess and ride their bikes down massive staircases and dance in downtown fountains in the middle of the night with no permits <laughs> and this actual process of creating experience to film experience mm-hmm. and it's it sort of feels like the flip side of the awareness that by filming what is actually happening we change what is actually happening mm-hmm. but by creating what we're filming we change the people who are a part of that project this really resonates and it brings me back to a quote that goes and, and really explores the concept of beauty because beauty needs a witness and i think that that's what what film is all about is yeah. becoming that witness to beauty what is beauty without a witness right Yeah and there's also well there's a tendency to always anthropomorphize the field you know like we we, we, we enter we enter a, a beautiful meadow and we talk about how beautiful the meadow is but the meadow itself doesn't know it's beautiful you know it needs the, the like human observer to become beautiful in a way and we in that's the thing in in the observation of its beauty we're all, we're both par- participating in the creation of that beauty and we're altering the beauty itself so wonderful well i guess we all really love making movies here huh? <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah 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 welcome to university and radio and, everybody and watching <laughs> sorry yeah but um thank you for sharing that 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 was a really interesting combination of words right there huh? yeah i want to know where you pulled them out. you had them ready in your pocket or something yeah, yeah. what happened there I yeah walked in, i walked in with the dictionary <laughs> right so, on armin since i i'm here in the room with you yeah. I, i would actually really love to know more about you know i i've been pretty deep in the process of curating short films uh-huh. and you've just finished one What has your experience been like as you reflect on submitting to festivals and are really starting to engage with that process? Right, so that's the thing is like I'm kind of new. I'm, you know, first time filmmaker even though I've done journalistic work in the past. Uh so I'm new to the whole administrative state of the film industry. So the whole imperative to like have an IMDb page, to like get your social media on track, like there's this whole like bureaucracy that's around it that is foreign to me. Um, and and it's in these moments that I, I understand the virtue of having like a production company or something. As a festival cura- curator, is this something? How how important is that to you, Ali? Like uh, how important is what? Sorry. How important is the bureaucracy and the context of the movie? Well, for me, very little. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that won't be the, that would be the case for other film festivals, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're we're small. We're not for profit. We're aiming for something really different than some f- f- film festivals are aiming for. 
Um, you know, I, I don't think I've taken a look at anybody's IMDb page. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a look at their films, right? And mm-hmm. being able to take that time to watch someone's work with that really careful, non-distracted engagement is an amazing opportunity. Hmm. Um, and that's the thing is that the, the clout that comes with all of that, the baggage of, of having to be able to represent yourself in an online fashion. I mean, film festivals existed before the dawn of the internet, you know, like people were able to get their films out. So there's this whole like artifice, I find, to the mo- the modern bureaucracy that surrounds filmmaking, which I think something like the Van- Victoria Short Film Festival is trying to deconstruct a little bit to like mm-hmm. go back to the essentials and obviously it's a it's a smaller production so they have the the leeway to be able to do those things once you get into the bigger festivals obviously people want to know that you have a reputation they want to know that your work has been screened elsewhere to ensure the the quality of their of their production right of so of course of course yeah so it's a, it's constantly a negotiation but uh, the again going back to like the reputation aspect of it and, and the competition to vie for those limited spaces um, it's necessary but also can we acknowledge that and maybe supersede that in a way mm-hmm. there is an aspect of filmmaking that is very close to politics do you, do you agree <laughs> with it's that it's all politics man all po- mm-hmm. it's all politics mm-hmm. look at that cheese <laughs> not bad eh yeah you said it you know I think from my perspective as a filmmaker and, and as someone who's seen a couple friends films and filmmaking careers really take off if your work is good and if your priority is to create something that has a strong emotional experience for people something that resonates something that stands out that's the most important thing and in my experience of curating you know I, I see I've seen a film come in from like an 18 year old who's made their first film ever and they shot it on an iPhone. Mm -hmm. And we won't necessarily show that in the film festival because part of the curation experience is for the viewers as well. That doesn't mean that that person's work isn't going to stay with me because it has some amazing elements of storytelling and of angles and of capturing something that's original. Mm -hmm. I I think that if we can focus on making films that are powerful, that's what you need to be doing to have your films take off because there's a lot of people who will find you and who will bring your films to other people and who will help you get that reach i don't think you need to be an expert in social media to have your film take off because to bring it back armin to this is america this is america didn't take off because it had a facebook page i mean i'm sure that there was a lot of production and a lot of money and a lot of strategy behind it but ultimately it took off because it was good mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the specific case of This Is America actually has, there, there is a lot around that idea, right? There is a lot. It's not only something about the project itself, but everything that happened before. And I think that the success of the project lies in the, the in flipping the omelette of the, of, of, of the moment, you know. Uh, but that's, that's a longer discussion. Something that I'd like to ask to Ali is actually, how was your experience submitting to film festivals? Oh, it's been interesting. It's... um. Yeah, it feels very cold and it can feel very distant until you start to get those acceptance messages, right? I mean, Mm. the project that we filmed last year, we have been getting acceptances to film festivals around the world, which is really exciting. Um, And it it is a daunting process and it's hard to know which festivals to choose. It's hard to know where to spend that money. Um, I definitely encourage folks to to reach out for grants specifically for paying submission fees. Um, But when it starts to come around, it you get a lot of momentum. And once one festival picks up your film, then it really starts to go from there. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that I've experienced is just amazing interactions with people who 
again, coming back to that idea of someone taking the time to really watch your film, and if they liked it, they're going to give you incredible feedback. Right. And so, you know, you're paying a certain amount of money hoping that your film's going to get in, but more than that, you're asking an industry expert to watch something that you've put a lot into and watch it carefully, mm. and that's a really amazing experience when it comes back to you. Hmm, okay. De definitely. It's interesting to have someone like you here uh, talking from your perspective both in front of the film festival and behind the film festival, mm -hmm. and I'm very excited to see how the Victoria Shore Film Festival is going to shape uh, in the next, uh, in the following years, and with that I want to ask you, where do you guys see yourselves in five years? <laughs> um... I'd like to, like I, I've done a lot of, um, you know, factual, whatever, like production. I'd like to get um, to modify that practice into the fiction format and start to bring a documentarian or journalistic view aspect into creating my own characters, my own storylines. So um, I've written some, some short films. Um, so just bring that to light and with the more experience actual, actually developing these ideas, transition that into into film mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Into, into fiction film okay so you see yourself uh you see yourself exploring fiction films uh, i'd love to you know, i'd love to and i'd love to i'd love to break down the barrier between these like very uh between genres between these like very specifically defined genres like mm. um i'd like to, i'd love to bring back cinema verite you know all right I'd love to sort of um kind of re redevelop these discourses that have been lost in just the sheer uh, imperative to make a beautiful movie you know mm -hmm. there's there's so so many beautiful movies that aren't very good you know mm. um, just like making like a, a, just the nicest shot on on the best red camera uh, with, the, with the best lenses and having like, you know like post color correction but in the end I th I've always believed that a good movie exists on the page mm -hmm. if you don't have a good story on on the page it's like it's like uh baking a cake with like gorgeous icing but in the middle the like cake is is rotten you know? yeah 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 i feel you so, <laughs> that's so, a good so, uh, good metaphor yeah. so it it, it comes like if you don't have a good story you don't have a, a good movie mm -hmm. thank um, you for saying that how, how where do you see yourself in five years ali okay five years <laughs> <laughs> um on the on the festival side i really hope that the momentum we've had with the victoria short film festival this year continues to grow uh i hope that we see that community that i'm looking for and that we see that community in between the actual event that's happening every year. I want to see filmmakers who want to make something experimental coming out to us and asking for tips and asking for advice and we're holding workshops and this kind of thing. And I want to see it grow into something that gives people the confidence to break down genres, to find a way to tell a good story and complement it with beautiful cinematography. And not yeah. just beautiful cinematography that looks like all the other beautiful cinematography, but that does something different, that's mm -hmm. based in concept. Yeah. Um, on the filmmaking side, I'd love to just, I mean, I'm hoping to keep up the momentum. I collaborate with Bray Joystad. We've put out six films this year already. And keeping that going and getting to a point that as a, as a director and writer of films, You know, I'm, I'm making things that I'm proud of and making things that are impacting people. And I, I'd eventually really like to be in a place of having a production company that helps other people tell their stories as well. Mm -hmm. Right on. So before we take the last break and then we wrap this whole burrito up with the, the one minute pitch and the Proust questionnaire, I want to ask Ali if you can give us the, the technical details of the film festival, of the Victoria Shore Film Festival and when, how can people submit and uh, when the actual festival is taking place. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks for that opportunity. Uh, so 
it's it's tight. It's tight as a deadline. Submissions are only open for two more days, with August first, this Wednesday, being the final day to submit. And I hope that folks who have finished projects will do that. And if you want to, reach out to me and send me your film before you submit. Um, and and I'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, you can find us on on Facebook, the Victoria Short Film Festival, or VictoriaShortFilmFestival.com. Submissions are through without a box and. I mean, I think it's going to be a beautiful event. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's hosted in downtown Victoria in Market Square. We're expecting pretty big turnout. It'll be on September 8th that we're showing all the films to everyone. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm really excited for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we all are. I guess we all are. Um, is there a cost to submitting? Yeah, the submission cost right now is $20, as it's the late deadline. Um, so... Okay. You know, we have to pay our judges. I wish, I, I hope it's successful for folks. I see We're doing means, our best. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we understand. And Arma, you wanted to say something? I see you. Uh, you, you have something to add to that? Uh, no. I, okay. All right. All right. I, I, uh, somehow, I somehow felt like I, you wanted I, I to say just, something. No, just and it, it, from coming from a perspective of someone who's just getting into the process of submitting, it's good to know um, what. You know, it, there's not just this like faceless uh, bureaucracy that is facing you, that is getting between you and your audience. You know, it's like they're they are generally filmmakers themselves who are trying to make an informed but uh, necessarily uh, subjective judgment about your film. So it's not always a reflection of the quality of your film. It's just what they're looking for in terms of style, theme, and uh, subject matter as well. So. Yeah, I think I think I think it goes ba- down to that a lot. I mean, apart from the biggest film festivals that, of course, there is a, an aspect of politics involved, but mm-hmm. um, usually it is like that, yeah. and we have to be aware of that. Right. And uh, that's when uh, that's when the, the film festival's round becomes a game, right. becomes a game of ideas, becomes a game of values, and it's hard to play, you know, with those aspects because there is so much that depends from it. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know what? Let's let's listen to this beautiful soundtrack from The Shape of Water. This is Babalu by Caterina Valente and Silvio Francesco, the soundtrack of The Shape of Water. Enjoy, and then we wrap this whole episode up. Everybody, enjoy.
everybody this is a room tone the radio show and as you already know we talk movies because we love it and this is all about love this is all about community we really enjoy what we do here we're joined by Ali Kaladine and Arman Kazemi and it's time for the one minute pitch are you guys ready oh yes are Absolutely. you Arman, you want to make it happen okay okay Arman. <laughs> look at that you want to go first or? okay are you ready okay I'm gonna I'm gonna uh-huh. get this clock going in three Two, one. Okay, well, in the interest of uh, community, I have a non-film uh, project to pitch. Uh, I'm working with a couple of friends in uh, Vancouver who um, have uh, c- engaged in different ways with local communities, and we're starting an initiative called the Localist Club, where we are trying to redefine the tour- tourism in Vancouver and bring the people who are involved in the communities to represent themselves. So we want to be the bridge between uh, the tourists trying to find out about the city, but give them a real, a real look at the city, at the different communities in the city, and allow the community representatives to build their own narratives, to tell their own stories rather than us being the guides. So it's called The Localist Club. Um, and if you want to find out more information about it, you can uh, email our founder um, at saba, S-A-B-A, at thelocalistclub.com. And so, yeah, we're trying to bring community together and we're trying to uh, redefine tourism in Vancouver and we're calling it Localist. Awesome. Sounds great. That's uh, that's an interesting concept right there. I, I don't know if I've seen something like that before, and that's that's why I'm so curious about it. Mm. And I definitely want to keep ears open for uh, for that. The Localists, right? The Localist Club, the lo- yeah. The and Localist we're, Club. We're going to come out with a website and all that good stuff in, in the near future. All right, all that good stuff. Awesome. Ali, it's your turn. Are you ready? Absolutely. And there we go. Yeah. So, I mean, as its founder and with the submission deadline two days away, of course, the project I want to pitch is the Victoria Short Film Festival. It's the first year it's running. Um, as folks have probably picked up from this this episode, it's a film festival. It's about bringing forward emerging artists, experimental artists who are working with short film, who are pushing what this genre can be, who are bringing poetry, who are bringing beauty, who are bringing concept into short films and making stuff that is amazing um so we have two more days to submit to this festival and i hope that we will see not only films but also communication from people who are interested in this genre of short film uh for those who'd like to attend come on over to victoria it's a bit of an artist's retreat uh we will be screening films on september 8th in market square and this has been an amazing project it's run by gallery 49 a great photography studio in victoria uh myself and and the folks at Cinevic, MediaNet, and so many filmmakers have been incredibly supportive of it. Um, we're building a great movement. I'm really excited. That's awesome, and that's one minute uh, perfect uh, timing right there. So we have a couple of very interesting ideas, lots of uh, a very strong creative flow over here. I'm very excited about that. And with that, we're going to moonwalk all the way to the Proust questionnaire. 
Are you guys ready? I'm gonna pick five questions randomly from the Proofs questionnaire. He, Proofs believe that we could mm-hmm. we could define someone's true identity by answering these questions. So right. we'll see, we'll see. Rock and roll. Let's 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 dive right into it. And the first question of the Proofs questionnaire is: What is your current state of mind? Interesting, huh? Um, is that is this a one-word answer? Or is it? That's uh, uh, you take your time. Go for it. Um, amphibian. <laughs> hmm, current state of mind in this moment very peaceful it's really beautiful to be in a room with you two and to recall that there are so many people doing very interesting work it's uh it's settling for the artistic and weary mind interesting all right and that takes us to the second question of the proust questionnaire Ooh, if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be um These questions take a little bit of silence usually. It's it's normal. Let it all out. Don't think about it too much. I'm going to jump off of Armin's last answer saying that he was he's feeling amphibian and that if I could change one thing about myself, I would be like to be able to change genders very fluidly and go back and forth. That would be really nice. Okay. Ooh, and how come? That's a very interesting answer right there. Oh, I just think it would be interesting, don't you? Okay, just okay, okay, it's exploration. Very um what's that Margaret Atwood novel? Um where th- yeah what anyways, are you going to say that, that uh, th- this character exists throughout <laughs> times and throughout genders and throughout styles uh, or or land or it or something anyways yeah that it's yeah just talk, the, the microphone doesn't bite you man just talk in the mic yeah make sure to let anyways, it all in the mic to, yeah <laughs> uh, to address that question um i would love to have um each strand of hair as a different antenna point Uh, communi- uh, communicating to a different frequency uh, that picks up co- the cosmic uh, radiation okay. that is constantly flowing down. Yeah, all right. all right. All right. Very interesting. Both of you uh, are definitely open to new experiences and uh, new perceptions. That's very interesting. Now, yeah, maybe uh, we should start making science fiction films, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> There yeah, you go. In, in, the, in the style of uh, Jean-Luc Godard, Ooh. you know, Alphaville. Okay, okay. Third question of the Proust questionnaire. What is your most treasured possession? Uh, mm. you guys you ten, guys are ooh. ten fingers and ten toes okay 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 especially for that uh, capoeira flow for sure you want to make capoeira sure you have that yeah. for, you know, for, for, for various different things yeah 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 I'm gonna be boring and say my cello is probably my most prized possession oh nice oh yeah <laughs> Armand do you play any instruments? Uh, I played the guitar I played the guitar for about 12 years and I also play uh, in- an instrument called the berimbau which uh, is a capoeira instrument That is uh, very interesting. So if you're not familiar with it, go online and type Berimbau and you'll see some interesting stuff. Yeah, there is a spiritual layer to that instrument. There, that is yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very absolutely, fascinating. absolutely. It, it yeah. exi- by itself, it's sound. It's kind of like a weird instrument, but bringing it together and putting it into the co- cultural context, it, it can be transcendent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for saying keywords right there, keywords. And this leads us to the fourth question of the Proust questionnaire. Whoop. When and where were you happiest? Good questions. Uh, look at you guys um, thinking right there. Don't think about it. Too much. Was, Just feel I was, it. I was happiest uh, in um, Dover, England, la- uh, maybe three or four summers ago. We were at a family uh, wedding and we were like in the countryside, like sheer countryside in like England. And uh, we were at this family wedding, open bar. And I just remember coming back to our like our uh, bed and breakfast, which was uh, opposite of this like stone church. And I just remember being highly intoxicated, 
not knowing where I was, and I just like moseyed into the like cemetery of this uh, stone church building, falling backwards on on my ass in 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 the grass, and then what opens above me but the entire panoply of the stars in the sky and I could I saw all the stars in the sky and, and there was this like th- thread work it was this tapestry of like gorgeous light and I was just like I, I, I had this like moment of like coming into myself and I was like this is the most uh, complete moment and I was uh, you know I was, I was drunk but I was also <laughs> I also I also transcended my in, my inebriation to sort of connect with uh, what I consider the divine. Arman, Arman, what a character you are. All right. Wow. Look at that. How about you, Ali? Well, let me start by saying that I definitely don't see happiness as one point and one time. Mm. I think that it's continuous and it's something that you add to and take away from through different choices. Mm. But a recent experience that I had was so that was so beautiful is I think if there's a lot of filmmakers listening to this, we know that especially when you're on a low budget, you're often waking up at dawn to catch that beautiful light mm, mm. before the sun really rises over the horizon. And we were down in the, uh, on the beach in Victoria near James Bay a couple weeks ago um, shooting a project for an amazing band called The Aerialists. And there's long grass and the, the ocean waves were crashing in against the shore and this mi- massive wind picked up that was blowing everything around as the first specks of sunlight started to come over and dance on the water. And I think that when you're in an environment like that and you're able to capture that beauty, you're you're there and you're seeking something beautiful and then the beauty turns itself into the environment all around you, it's this amazing feeling of completion. And being able to catch that on film is oh, very lucky. I think those are the moments we live for. Didn't didn't John Lennon say happiness is a warm gun? I'll I'll go with that. Ooh <laughs> thank you for saying that. <laughs> That's such a good quote right there. 100 points for Arman right there. <laughs> Lots. There is a very strong visual descriptions right there. I can tell you, you guys with that visual, with that fo- um, photographic memory right there encapsulating the moment. I think the Beatles said that ironically, and I hope you are too. <laughs> well, you know, I think there's many ways you can... There are many versions of a warm gun. It doesn't have to be, you know, firearm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very interesting. All right, let's go to the fifth question of the Proust questionnaire. Woo! And let's touch the other side of the uh, of the table. Let's you go to what is your greatest fear? Um. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want to take that? One? <laughs> like my greatest fear is being unkind and not realizing it. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So lack. Oh, la- one fear could be lack of se- of self awareness. That's a very interesting uh, point. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think everybody has that fear in a way. Hopefully they have that fear because that encourages people to behave differently, right? The fear of misbehaving or, or lack of self-awareness. Do you, do you resonate with that, Arman? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you, you always want to sort of... I think, I think negotiating the self is an ongoing project throughout life. And uh, um, I think Socrates said that the, uh, the life unexamined is the life unlived. Um, so we're never coming to our, we're never ourselves. We're always in the process of becoming ourselves. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think maybe to touch on that, I I wasn't sure what to say, but I think my greatest fear is to reach a point where I don't have anything else. Like, um, where if I've reached a point where it's like, 
I'm done doing what I have to do. You know, I always want to feel the need that like there is. Uh, I don't. I never want to be comfortable. I think comfort is my mm-hmm. worst fear. Um, financial comfort, intellectual comfort, uh, creative comfort. I never want to reach the point where I'm like I've I'm finished doing what I have to do. Mm. Um, I always want to feel the burn, the like the like hunger of creation that something is left unsaid and uh, I want to find the best means of saying it and yeah. to me form form is the ultimate vehicle of expression not not the words not the visuals form is is everything that is ever possible to be expressed I really appreciate these words you know there is definitely a lot of um, a lot of goal in, and a lot of juice in what you just said and I think that it resonates a lot especially for filmmakers and mm. storytellers because yeah. at the core we are storytellers and we have to remind ourselves of that mm-hmm. we have to respect ourselves and as you said negotiating with the self to understand our angles and our space it's uh, probably the hardest game of all I think once we le- rest on our laurels we have no more laurels to gain you know Woo! Wow, that's that's the way to wrap it up. Now, uh, I think this 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 it's time for us to fade into the main theme of the Shape of Water. By the way, uh, soundtrack by Alexandre Desplat, amazing great, soundtrack. Great, yeah. uh, before we go, any shout outs or any th- wrapping thoughts? I'd love to sh- give a shout out to Ali Kaladine. Uh, she's doing great work. Uh, I appreciate her initiative, what she's bringing to the community, not only as a filmmaker but as a film. Uh, aficionado and uh, I, I, she's inspired me in a lot of ways not just in film we also share a mutual love of poetry and uh, every time we connect we connect around the banner of the word and the word as, as a vehicle of connection wonderful yeah. Ali um, well just a huge thank you for, for hosting this show always and, and for hosting us today and um, I hope that it's allowed some people to connect with uh with the genre of short film, with the community we're creating in Victoria. And um, a congratulations to Armin for all of the work that he's doing and for finally daring to eat a peach. Awesome. <laughs> right on. Well, guys, this is the end of the show, and I uh, wish you a beautiful week. What a great way to to kick off the week. Here at Room Tone, we talk, mov- we talk, we talk movies. Oh, look at that. Jeez, look at that. Italian, uh, uh, Italian language kicking in. But, uh, yeah, we talk movies because we love it. And I'll catch you guys next Monday here on 101.9 FM on CITR Radio. Ciao, ciao. Enjoy the soundtrack of The Shape of Water. Grazie.